So Charity uh, comes to us from New York, uh, if you've not met her before, and uh, carries a great anointing to release God's word into God's people, as well as a great heart for everyone to be drawn into his love and released into who they're meant to be. So Charity, we're so glad you're with us, and uh, why don't you come on up and take your time and release God's word to us. Morning, everybody. Every time that uh, I come into God's house, I often—excuse me—I often think about uh, brothers and sisters across the world who do not have the same freedom, and I just pray for them when I'm in the service and thinking about how easy it is for us to get here, even through the rain, and we get to come in and we have such freedom to express and to speak out. But there are some places. Uh, that I've traveled to where they literally have to just mouth a worship song because they can't make that noise because their life would be in danger and how freeing it is. Aren't you thankful? <laughs> He's so good to us and we get the opportunity. This morning I woke up and I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning. I'm so happy for this day. And, and you know, sometimes when you wake up, you don't feel that way. Anybody ever? <laughs> like I need my coffee before I am like really happy. But I still speak it because I believe that our words bring life or they bring death and how we start our day really does matter and there's something that God's working in me right now because it used to be I would wake up and, and it's not that I don't slip up I'm not saying this because oh I've got it, got it all down now but I used to wake up and I would look at my phone first thing and the Holy Spirit began talking to me and he said I just want to connect with you first thing and I want your day to start that way. And so I started feeling like, okay, I want to I want to change a little bit of some of my routine because you know, sometimes it's just a habit. It's not even that you really want to look. I don't know. It's just a habit like, hmm, I wonder if anybody messaged me. Oh yeah, I need to take care of this. And now you're way ahead in your day. But if you just meditate on his word, you know, David said, I'm not even gonna allow sleep to my eyes until I find a place for him. And he talked about in the morning I will rise and there is something about the way we start our day and we end our day and the value of understanding that we just want more of his presence. We want to walk in his ways and, and do what he asks us to do. Um, I'm going to share from a, a couple passages of scripture, but before I do that, is there anybody here named John? No, John. Okay. So I heard this scripture and I thought, well, if there's a John here, then I'm going to, you are John. Okay. Okay, well, last night I was laying in bed and the Lord said, John. And so I was sitting here this morning and I just said, okay, God, I, I, I'm going to say John. And if he's here, then I'm going to give this word. If not, I'm going to give this word anyway. <laughs> so we had a good deal going. <laughs> okay, so in the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And all things that were made through him, without him, nothing, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life and light of men. And the darkness shine, or the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. And I felt like God is wanting you to know right now that there is light shining in some dark places, and He's illuminating the path in front of you. And I saw the word clarity, and that there is a real clear call of watching your words right now. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and in the beginning was the word. 
word was spoken. And so I really sense that as you look through the scriptures, you're going to start feeling like God's highlighting the words. The words are going to come alive to you, and you're going to begin to recognize he said it like that for a reason, and he's going to bring transformation. I feel like in the family, there's something he's working of healing right now, and he's opening up hearts. There's some hearts that have been really closed off for a season of time, but he's beginning to open up hearts and allow the fresh wind of the Spirit to come in and blow through some of those really broken places that you're called to set the captives free. And the Lord is going to use you to set some captives free. I feel like there's people even with addictions that are going to be really drawn to you. And they're going to feel like, I don't have hope. I don't have purpose. And you're going to begin to speak to their spirit, spirit to spirit, and not allow the, the things around you to distract you. But it's like God's going to give you laser focus. So, Father, I thank you right now for that laser focus. God, I thank you that you even spoke to me last night. John, you know exactly where he's at. You were thinking about him, and so I thank you, God, for opening up even his ears to hear in a greater capacity what your spirit is saying right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, that's pretty cool. That was a better deal for me. <laughs> this morning, I wanted to read from the book of Judges, and uh, I heard last week was Ruth. And uh, Miss Marsha was speaking, and that is actually one of my favorites in the scripture. I love Ruth. She is so loyal, and she took a real broken situation, and she could have been a victim, but instead she just rose to the occasion. So while I wasn't here to hear that message, I am sure it was awesome because I love that passage of scripture. Well, there isn't really one that I don't love, but <laughs> I'm just saying. So in the book of Judges, in chapter 6, it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And in the hand of the Midian it prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens, caves, strongholds. Ever felt like you've been hiding out somewhere? And so they're in a really awful place, right? And so it says, Whenever Israel had sown... Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites and the people of the east. That's a lot of people. <laughs> and they would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth so far so that they would leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents and come in numerous, so numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number. I mean, can you picture that if you looked out and you just can't even count them? There's so many. That's how many enemies they had. And everything they did was taken away from them. They didn't have any source. And then it says, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. I just want to pause here for a second because in the, the very first part of this chapter, it kind of bothers me a little bit that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them to the Midianites. So he allows things because of decisions that we make, right? And it opens a door that sometimes we think the attacks are like somewhere out there, right? But sometimes we need to really evaluate, did we open a door? Because they were deciding not to obey God's voice. Now this past week, I was listening to, I was at Morningstar for a conference, and I was listening to a lot of speakers, and one thing that really stood out to me was one of the speakers said, if I could give you advice, one thing that I could tell you that you need to keep in your mind, and, he, and I wrote it down, 
quick, swift obedience to the Lord. That's it. And he said, everything hangs on that. If you are not willing to be quick, swift, and obedient, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Just read the scriptures. <laughs> when you look at Moses leading the Israelites, what was a common pattern? They would quickly disobey God, forget about what he did, and start complaining about what was in front of them. They could no longer see what he was doing or that they messed up and, and they didn't want to walk in obedience to him. They just saw the mess they were in, and then they got angry at God and put all this shifting blame on him. Sometimes when we go through some challenges, we think everything's God's fault. Like, hey, why are you letting this happen, right? Yeah. All right, so here we are, and it says, uh, the Lord says, but he, first he brought a prophet, just so you know, and the prophet said, because you were disobedient. So it wasn't like God just left them there. When they cried out, he gave them an answer. And what did they respond with? Not a lot. Then he says, and I also said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So what does that imply? They're walking around fearful. And they didn't really think God was big enough to take care of their problem. They had a bigger problem, and they kind of felt left, abandoned, forsaken. Seven years of this, and they're crying out to the Lord, but nothing's shifting yet until Gideon. And you may be familiar with this passage of scripture, but it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a tree. That's pretty cool. I like that. Sometimes when you're outside, you ever feel like you're just talking to the Lord and you connect better somehow? Here's a moment. He's sitting under a tree. And it, he's sitting there, which belonged to Joash, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and he's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? I'm just going to pause here for a second because that's a lot of responsibility. And Gideon's like, hold that thought. I'm pretty sure you just dialed the wrong number because I'm from the least of the tribes here, and I'm actually hiding right now, mighty man of valor. <laughs> I, you know, when you're threshing, you want to be up on a mountain so that the wind can blow the chaff away, but he's kind of making this difficult because he has to. He's hiding it from the Midianites, kind of hoping that they're not going to see, and then he's going to have some kind of provision because everything they do has been taken. And he's in a desperate place, and this angel's there, and then this angel of the Lord says to him, you mighty man of valor, what was he doing? He was prophesying to him. This is who you are. There are moments in our lives that we're going to say, that's me? Are, are you talking to me? Because that's not who I am. Gideon begins to talk about it. That's not me. Uh, uh, my tribe is the least of these. I, I, and also, where have you been? Because <laughs> uh, last time I heard the father's talking about it was back in Egypt that you did something. But now it doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing you used to do. What's happening? <laughs> and he's trying to figure things out in his mind. And the Lord gave him just a short prophecy. Now, how many would like that prophecy? You are a mighty man of valor. Then what? 
that's a word. Well, did you see the Midianites and they're taking everything? And I actually would rather have like a 10-year plan right now where you can tell me what's actually going to happen next. Gideon, this is what's going to happen. You're a mighty man of valor. You're going to be a little bit afraid. You're going to put a fleece out. Then you're going to put another one. And also you're going to ask some questions. You're going to go in the night and take care of that altar I told you because you're a little bit afraid. And then after that, that's how we think God should speak to us. That's what we want because we want like itemized lists so we know exactly what to do. But have you ever noticed that God just is a little bit more vague than that? <laughs> and he does not tell us everything that we think should be the next steps. Gideon is about to lead everybody when he is the least of these. What did Jesus talk about? The greatest of these, the least of these. He did talk about it. Well, Gideon is one of those people that I think there is a profound moment here where Gideon doesn't respond like remember Moses said well I can't speak that's not me Gideon says well I am the least of these but he's a little quicker to obey and I like that about him and so in verse 15 he says oh my lord how can I save Israel that's a great question I'd like to know how can I save the whole nation (laughs) indeed my clan is the weakest And I am the least in my father's house. So first it's his clan, then he understands who he is. I'm the least in my father's house. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. That's a pretty heavy word. I'm going to be with you, and you will defeat as one man. that's really strong then he said now if I found favor in your sight then show me a sign that it's you talking to me (laughs) ever been there God I need another sign I'm pretty sure this is you but I need another sign and he's asking but he's not asking just out of like oh well I, I hope that I'm really seeing what I'm seeing but he's asking because I think Gideon has a sincere heart of wanting to do what's right and he wants to make sure I I really am understanding this I'm the weakest you chose me why did you choose me again and there are moments in all of our lives that we're going to wonder God why are you choosing me there is somebody else that could do this better I am the weakest I am not the strongest person but what does God say about him it is the exact opposite of what he thinks he is Oh, mighty man of valor. You see, God sometimes is talking to us in the opposite way that we feel about ourselves. We start thinking about ourselves as, well, I can't do it because. We have a whole long list of things. But this is where God begins to transform, and he meets with Gideon in a place where he's hiding out. And he is trying just to survive. See, God did not create us just to survive. He created us to be mighty people of valor that we can overcome. And then as you look through, uh, Gideon asks God a couple more questions, and the Lord speaks to him and says, I want you to go destroy that altar. Gideon's a little afraid of his family, so he does obey, but he does it at night (laughs) because he's afraid. What will his family do? So he does obey. He just does it at night, and he took 10 servants with him, and they went and destroyed that altar. They did exactly what the Lord spoke to him to do. And if you fast forward a little bit later, when he begins to call everybody together to get ready for this battle, there's like 30,000 people that are being called together. And the Lord says to him, that's too many people. How would you like that plan? <laughs> 
already you look out and it's like locusts. They've set up their tents. There's people on every side. It does not look like a great victory. And already they have nothing to fight with. And if you look at what Gideon uses, pretty also very incredible. But before that moment, he's being told there's too many people. Now, just imagine if you were a leader of today, what tweets might go out. Get this, Gid thinks that 30,000 is too little. I don't think I'm going to follow him anymore. <laughs> then there's the idea that how does he know that God's speaking to him? He better be sure because we're, we've been doing this for seven years and we haven't had any breakthrough. And so does he even know that God spoke to him? I didn't see God speak to him. See, nowadays we talk too much. We start talking ourselves out of what God said because it just doesn't look right. But we have got to shift our, our perspective and our thinking. What did God say? Quick, swift obedience. That's what's important. And every little thing matters. Sometimes we wake up in the morning. Have you ever felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, go to the grocery store? And you're like, I don't really need to. And I actually don't want to. And I already have 10 things going on. And it just doesn't seem logical right now. So I'm just not going to do it. And then later you start feeling this nagging again, and it's getting irritating, and you can make a choice in that moment. Are you going to be quick, swift, obedient, or just wait, let it pass by? Because there might be someone who's in need of a word right in that moment, and, and we don't always understand why God is prompting us. Getting to full, I mean, he's, he's telling him, you're going to save the whole nation of Israel. How would you like the responsibility of that? Like, okay. <laughs> How do I do this? But he just follows each step along the way. As the Lord shows up, he follows the steps. And that's what I believe God is doing right now. He's teaching us to listen for his voice and follow the steps. You know, Gideon, the Lord says to him, if, if you're afraid, because he tells him after he gets down to 300 people, and that's a whole other story, and I don't want to get into everything, but he says to him, if you're afraid to go down because now's the time to attack the Midianites, he woke him up in the night. And Gideon is, is listening to him, and the Lord says, if you're afraid, if you're afraid, he probably was, because he spoke it, like God doesn't know. If you're afraid, go down there and listen. He already had a plan set up. There, there's something you need to hear. Take Pearl, your servant. He goes down there, he listens. It's a dream. It's about a loaf of bread. And the loaf of bread topples the tent. And they're like, that can be none other than Gideon. And I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, that's, how do you get Gideon from a loaf of bread and also toppling a tent? <laughs> but they knew. Gideon has the, the men th break up into three units. He has a whole strategy and a plan. And what happens within the camp is that the enemy begins to turn on themselves. And they take their own swords and begin to fight. One man, Jesus Christ himself. He came in, and he brought in a spirit of confusion into that camp. They were fighting each other, and I believe that the enemy has been waging war in our nation for a long time, and the people of God are beginning to cry out in a way they haven't before, and there are some Gideons that are about to arise, and it may be a small number of people right now, but that's exactly what he wants. He wants the, the glory in all that he does, and he's beginning to put the confusion in the plan and tactics of the enemy's camp, and they're going to begin to destroy each other, and I believe that God is raising us up to begin to see some things a little differently. We need to know who we are in him. We can't afford to shrink back. We can't afford to wonder, you know, I wonder what God wants me to do, and I don't know how to do it. 
Well, start looking at the scriptures, open up the word and begin to research what did God say about us? Who does he say we are? Because if we begin to talk like that, it's going to change everything. I was just around someone this morning and they were beginning to talk about God and it shifted something on the inside of me and I started feeling God's presence and I started thinking about him and all the things that he's done and it, it was like we were like swirling in this moment. That's the only way I can describe it and it felt like God's presence was just right there. It was so tangible and I didn't even want to miss that moment it was like oh I just want to stay here because I can feel him in the in the midst of us and that's what I believe God wants us to do instead of looking around at the negativity of some of the circumstances we begin to say God said we are going to take this territory he said that we are mighty men and women of valor this is our time you know when he's ready he'll tell you now's the time and it might be in the middle of the night see most of us in the nighttime we're a little afraid to go outside because there's critters or things that might be out there that we can't see but for Gideon it was a place of hiding he was so comfortable in the night because he had to be. And I believe that there are some circumstances, some traumas that you go through that you're so used to hiding, God will even use that to bring you out. And there are some things that he's going to bring of transformation, even of how we feel about situations around us. Now, I'm going to share something with you that there was a time that I was, my, my dad had said, I want you to go to this country with me, and, and I won't name what it was, but I did not want to go there. I'd already been there, and I didn't want to go back. So I said, like a little fleece, right, thinking that God could not do this. But I said to my dad, yeah, the only way I'm going to do that is if I don't have to raise money for this trip and God just puts it in the account for me and I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to see if he does it. And I was thinking, yes, I'm saved. Don't have to do this, right? <laughs> yeah, in less than a week, all the money appeared and I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I tried another thing. I said, God, if, if it's really you, then somebody's going to give me a word that this is really you and don't you know like that next hour somebody has a word and that's exactly what it was and I didn't really want to do it see I believe that there are some assignments we might feel like we're dragging our feet a little bit yeah. but we do have to be obedient and we do have to hear his voice and be quick responders because if we're not we're going to miss a window of opportunity you see when Jesus was here on the earth he didn't say to Peter come follow me but first clean up everything do this go tell your family and then you can comment he didn't organize it all for him he just said, follow me. It was a moment. See, I believe that there are moments that God says, I want you to do something, and you're not going to have time to figure out everything that's going to happen. You just got to follow his, his way, his voice. In Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. I believe that the Lord has fashioned even this day for us. There is a book that he opened, and today is in that book. And he knows exactly the beginning to the end. He has accounted for all of it. There are things and purposes. I believe that Gideon was in a book before he was in a book. Yeah. And, he, and he, his story was about to be told. See, he gives us decisions, but there is something about our story. It's like he wants to write the story of where we're going, and if we let him, it is like beautiful harmony that begins to work together of victory, of success. It doesn't take away from the hardships. There are always going to be hardships. In this world, you will have trouble. That's a great promise. <laughs> 
Woo, sign me up. He said it, though. He said, in this world, that's not a prophetic word we all love hearing. It's not a word that we say, I want to memorize that scripture. In this world, we will have trouble. Yes. But he did say, in everything, in everything, give thanks. He didn't say you'd have to give thanks about it. But in every situation, there is something we can be thankful for. And we can, you know, be like, did you ever watch Pollyanna, that old movie? Always play the glad game. You always find something to be thankful for, right? And I believe that God is wanting us to be very mindful of the words that we speak because there is a real importance in where we're at right now and where we're at, not in our own personal lives alone, but also in the lives of those around us. We are influencers, and we are meant to expand the kingdom. See, it doesn't matter if we are home washing kids. It doesn't matter if we are at work. It doesn't matter if we're at school. Wherever we are, this is where we are called to influence people. And it is a specific assignment that God's already written about. Isn't that amazing? He already knew that you were going to be here in this moment. And he saw the value and importance of this day for you. He wrote about it. That's pretty cool. And one of the things that I thought about as well is there are times that we are going to ask questions. Why me? Who am I even? I'm not anybody. Somebody else could do it better. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel ready for this. I don't feel, how many know what I'm talking about? There are moments in each of our lives that we're going to look at something and we are not going to have the, the butterflies and the God moment feeling that we think we should have when we step into it. There are times that we're going to step into something feeling completely uncomfortable but just like Peter stepping outside of the boat, he begins to walk on water. And what happens? He gets a little caught up with the waves and the billows, and he begins to sink. See, that's a key that we have to go out on his word, but we can't get distracted with what's around us. Keep our focus on him because he's going to keep us in that perfect peace and that plan and purpose that he has for us. Uh, one of the songs that we sang today, and I wrote down part of the words, is I have a plan for you. It's going to be wild. It's going to be great. It's going to be full of me. In a lot of ways, this is what Gideon, I have a plan for you. It's going to be a little wild. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be full of me. And when Gideon got out there, I don't believe that he felt confident because he said it. He said, I'm, I'm weak. But God spoke to who he is. And, and there is something about us understanding who we are in him and not allowing the enemies to make us who we think we should be. See, our circumstances, my brother has talked to me a lot about the power of words lately, and he, and he said, don't use your words to talk to me about what you're going through. Use your words to create what God has said about you. So he said, I don't, I don't really, you know, we all have stuff going on, and I get that, and we have to talk about it. But we have put too much emphasis on how we feel about it that we're missing what he said about it. And we're getting caught up over here and falling apart because we, we are no longer connected to his words. We have disconnected ourselves from those power of the words, and we're beginning to function in fear. We have to understand God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, 
but of love, power, and a sound mind. See, if we begin to talk about scriptures of how, who we are and who he's created us to be, I believe we can accomplish a lot more and we're not going to feel stuck anymore because we're going to begin to understand, I have an assignment today. What is it, God, that you've assigned for me to do? Before you leave here today, I pray that you find an assignment today, that you say, God, I know you put me here today for a reason and I know that there is something that you want to accomplish through me, so if I haven't done it yet, show me because I want to be quick, swift, and obedient to everything that you speak to me. In James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces. There is something about counting it all joy in the midst of the difficulties. That's not the moment that you want to count it all joy. Uh, those are the moments you want to complain and you want to talk about it. You want to call your buddies and be like, I, can you believe this? This is another thing that happened. It's like one thing after another and after another. What if we begin to shift our wording? God is putting these tests in front of me because he knows I can pass this test. It is an honor. It is a privilege that he entrusted me to pass this test. He knows I can do it and that I will be an example to the believers of faith, of hope, of love, and stirring the atmosphere around me with the very purpose of God. See, we're not just coasting through, but there's an assignment that he's given to us, and I really believe that Gideon is such an amazing person. You know, it, it says that there's a great cloud of witnesses, right? Sometimes when I read the scriptures and, and I'm thinking about Gideon, I'm wondering, you know, maybe he's in the cloud of witnesses, and he listened to me talking about his story, and he's like, that's not exactly what I said. That's not exactly how I felt. But I always, before when I'm, I'm getting ready for a message, I just pray and I say, God, you know, help me relay their story the right way because these are really people's stories. And this really happened. And it, it is not a small thing that we get to talk about their stories. We have heroes of the faith that show us a way. Some mistakes that we see so we can learn from them, some heroes in a moment that we think if they can do it I can do it I mean Gideon feels like he's a nobody he doesn't have a position he's not in a place of you know everybody's looking to him to lead them he he's not in that at all but that's who God chose for that moment and I believe that God is choosing some people in unexpected places and he's saying get ready it's time and when he says it's time, it's like you kick it into gear and you go into action. Now, now Gideon did some really amazing things uh, with just a few little tools. And he began to release a shout. But one of the things that he did say is he said, when I follow what I'm doing, okay, so it's real important that we follow the leading of what God is saying, right? But it's also important that we understand when God puts a leader in a position that we walk in obedience. Joshua is also a good example. Don't say anything yet until. See, some, somehow we have become a little bit independent and not interdependent. Right. Yeah. And we need to understand the difference because it's good for us to be strong in faith, but we need to be interdependent so that we can move as a unit not independent of each other because then it's like a one-man show and we're, we're thinking somehow we can accomplish everything by ourselves. And some of that really does come from fear, if we're honest, because we've, we've had disappointments or we've had betrayal or whatever the case may be, and so we've kind of put ourselves in a place where it feels safest. Well, Gideon didn't have that choice, did he? He just had a bunch of guys that he had to hope were with him. 
<laughs> they were going to do it. And he's moving forward. And I just wonder what went through all of their minds thinking, 300 guys, <laughs> and we're surrounding this camp with some candles and a trumpet, and okay, <laughs> this has got to be the craziest plan, but we're with you, Gid. We're going to do this. Well, what does Gideon say? We need to say it's for the Lord and for Gideon. Well, that's a strong statement, not just for the Lord. But he's saying, I am the one who stepped out in this. God chose me, so it's for him and for me. Let's do it. See, I believe there's a railing of understanding who we are. It's not a pride. It's an understanding. Deborah has a tree. It's called the tree of Deborah. She sits underneath that tree. People come to her for wisdom and counsel. There are things that we're going to have to name in order to see advancement, and I really believe that. There are certain things that we have to know about ourselves in confidence that we can begin to declare to one another. I am charity. I am called by God, and I know that this is my time and season. See, when we hear those words, we're like, oh. And you can start to feel uncomfortable saying it yourself. Why? This is what God has spoken about us. That's the enemy, so he doesn't want us to vocalize who we are in him. See, there's something about the strength of the Lord that comes when we begin to talk about his word and who he is. One of the scriptures that I want to read over you is from 1 Peter chapter 2, and it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once were not a people, but now are the people of God who have obtained mercy from him. Isn't that amazing? This is who he says we are. You are a chosen generation. That means, you know, some people have said, I wish I was born like in the days of Jesus or a hundred years ago, or I, I feel like I would have, but you weren't. <laughs> and we have to understand where we are right now and the assignment that God has for us and not be looking to just past days. You know, there's miracles and things that God has done in past days. And I am so thankful for that because it gives us a beautiful picture of where he wants to take us, but we are pressing for the more. And we are understanding that God is taking us on a journey with him of deeper connection. And I believe that as we build this relationship of deeper connection with him, we're going to begin to hear his voice more. And as we do, we move in this quick, swift obedience to him, and we're going to see transformation take place, not just in our own lives, but even in the lives of ones around us. And so this morning, uh, I just wanted to leave you with some of the things that God's been putting on my heart with Gideon and also that who we are and understanding that the Lord knows exactly where we are. And, and there's times that, you know, we may think inside of ourselves, I don't know who I am. Well, this morning I want to pray for you that God will show you through Scripture as you're spending time with him because we can encourage each other, and I believe that's important, but we have to get connected to him. Because that confidence only comes in his presence. It only comes when you spend time with him. I, I have been in places in my own personal life where it's like, you know, there's so much pain and difficulties. Well, I'll tell you a, a funny story, kind of, of myself. And, but I was at one point going through a lot of difficulties and I decided uh, I had all this pain in my neck and shoulder, and I really thought there was something wrong, so I went to this uh, massage physical therapist, okay? 
And I went to her and she said, yeah, you might have had something, you know, so I'll check it out. And so she got out this vibrator and she put it on my back. I was laying on my stomach. She put it on my back to just kind of see what would happen. Now this vibrator will go on your skin to my understanding and then it will show her places where you might have knots or an area she needs to work on. She puts it on me and I've never, you know, had this and I've never had pain like this. So I'm like processing and in my mind, I'm thinking, why is she doing this? It's, it hurts. What in the world is this thing? And she just stopped and she said, I've never seen this. And I've been doing this for over 20 years. You just broke out in hives because I put this on you and there is nothing painful about this process, but your body just went into fight or flight like I'm attacking you. She said, that is a heightened level of stress and trauma right there, and I am not going to do what I was going to do and find these knots. I've got to get your body to calm back down so that you have a normal response. So she said, okay, I want you to turn over, and she just put her hand on, on my head, and she's like, close your eyes and just relax. Well, when you hear those words, kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to relax. Like, I've never seen this before. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? It is worse than I thought. And I'm laying there, and she's just keeping her hands on my head, and she doesn't say anything. And I'm thinking, this is what I'm paying her for? <laughs> this is it? Like, this is a lot of money for her to just put her hands on my head. And I'm literally processing like this, and I'm thinking, this is silly. I, I don't know why. I, f I should just leave. I should just tell her I just don't want to do this anymore. And I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, my whole body just relaxed. Now, what was that? She said, finally, you were fighting me still. And she said, you know, what you need to do is find some meditation because something is triggering a response that isn't there. And I believe that there are things in our life traumas that we go through that we will respond to other people to things that are not actually happening and the pain inside of us makes everything feel painful and we start thinking things that are not there and if we don't learn to meditate on his word day and night if we're not putting ourselves in that place even small things can become feeling like they're really big things and even something that was supposed to be relaxing <laughs> was traumatizing <laughs> And I walked away from that moment, and the, the Lord began speaking to me. And one of the things that he really convicted me is he talked about to me, when this happened, where did you go to first? I'm like, oh, I went right to finding somebody to help me out. He said, why didn't you just come to me? Well, that, that seems a, like a better plan. <laughs> but I just I was thinking. I knew how to handle this, and I believe that there's times that we think we know how to handle some things in life, and we're just going about, but God wants to bring healing, and so this morning, I just want to pray and speak some words over you that I believe that are in line with the scripture. The scripture says that he surrounds us with songs of deliverance, and so this morning, Father, we just thank you for surrounding us with songs of deliverance. We thank you that your word says we are a chosen generation. We thank you, God, that your word says you saw our substance yet being unformed. So before we were even here, before we were formed, and you wrote a book about us, and you fashioned specific days for us. Father, let us not take that lightly. Let us not downplay who we are. Father, help us not to minimize the gifts that you've put within us, but to value 
to understand that just like Gideon, there are moments that we might feel like the least of these, and we don't know why you picked us for this project. We don't understand everything that's going around, but we know your voice. Uh, God, I thank you that your word says your sheep know your voice, and so sharpen our eyes to see, our ears to hear what your spirit is saying, that we may feel the weakest in moments, but God, <laughs> we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so the same God that took Gideon and made him a champion, the same God that took Moses and shifted a nation, the same God that took Esther and shifted an entire nation in a moment, the same God that put Jesus Christ here on earth for us to change everything, the same God that took disciples <laughs> that had messed up outlooks and life and fighting and arguing and, and yet you chose them as leaders. God, you took the brokenness inside of us and you caused us to release healing. And so we thank you right now for using us as we are, teaching us to grow, helping us to develop the skills that we need. And Father, help us all to be quick, to be swift to obey you, not to drag our feet, not to pull back, but God, I thank you that you are setting us free. And Father, we think about even that question where you said, who do you say that I am? Father, it's not just about who you say we are, but we want to say who you are. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you that the words of worship and adoration would flow so freely from us in this time. God, that we would be with hearts of gratitude that in everything we would give thanks to you. Father, in a day and age when there is so much of complaining about this person or complaining about this situation, and there's so much about complaining, we choose to rise above those circumstances and we choose to declare who you are, that you are faithful, that you know how to change situations. You hold times and seasons and we say yes to this time and season that you've put within us and we want to accomplish all of the assignments that you have entrusted to us. And Father, I ask right now that even as we look at scriptures, even as Moses said, well, I can't do this. God, let those words not come from our mouth. But let us say, if you said it, I'm going to do it. If you said it, I believe it's in me. And you've already prepared me because you already wrote a book about it. And I trust that book. I trust the author. So, Father, I thank you for deep trust building within us right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, just that before I hand this over to Pastor Mark, I wanted to say thank you to Pastor Mark and Jane for having me here and allowing me this opportunity and I was praying for you all and I, I kept seeing nations around you guys and the impact of nations and and I was asking the Lord you know the scripture says ask of me and I'll give you the nations there's something about asking right now there's a, an assignment a specific assignment that he's giving to you to ask him about certain things because there is an open door that's coming to you and so uh, there's almost felt like there's been a resistance to some things but I see God just it was like clear everything became clear when I walked in here I kept asking Jane what is different in here it feels so different 
and, and while I understand that there can be changes that we make in the natural, I believe that there's something different God's doing right now. He's shifting. You know, there's a, an understanding at times of the old wineskin and the new wineskin and not throwing out one, not, not deleting, but understanding that, that transition can be one of the most challenging times. But I felt like God wanted you to know in the midst of the challenge, you're listening for his voice. And as you continue to do that, it's going to become so clear. It's not going to feel like what just happened, but it's going to be so clear. And there is something of, of even, um, I was seeing people coming alongside and linking up arms with you. And I, I had this sense that there's a new connection coming for you guys, something different. Uh, and when that connection comes, the Lord's going to release that peace. Like, okay, this is what the Lord was talking about. And now I understand that. And so father, I just bless them. I thank you for this house. Father, I thank you that your peace resides here, that as people come in, they will never leave the same. I thank you for your presence, the freedom to be able to express your love to the many hearts that come through here. And I just thank you, Father, right now for your presence, that, that they have been willing to make a way to pioneer in some things. And so I just speak strength to their even their physical bodies right now. And I just release your presence afresh to refresh them in every way, in Jesus' name. And I also, um, this morning I was praying for you guys, and I felt like just to declare breakthrough in the area of finances, and I don't know anything about anything, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just began to declare breakthrough in the area of finances. You know, Peter came and said, how are we going to pay these taxes? Jesus said, go fishing in the mouth of the fish. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> Why not just make it appear like he did with the fish and loaves, multiply it? But he sent him out to do something to bring it in. I feel like there's a key. God's sending you out to do something to bring it in. So, Father, I thank you right now for the assignments and the understanding of the assignment to accomplish great things for your kingdom in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Thank you so much, Charity. Charity is spot on that it's a change of seasons and it's not just for this church family, it's not just for Jane and me, it's for all of us. One of our great values is that we never leave here with just stuff in our heads. So I want us to take one minute and all of us be quiet and allow God to settle in your heart the seed he's planted in you for today. There's something out of what Charity shared this morning that's specifically for you. And as we're just quiet together, it's going to settle it in your heart. This is yours. This is for you. And I believe every one of us is good soil. And the seed drops right in. And bears much fruit. And some of us it's that false humility. <laughs> that says no, no, not me. <laughs> like Gideon. And so much of what Charity said is a gift from God for you if that's your issue. And then some of us, we have false confidence. <laughs> we go charging off and don't listen to God. But if that's you, then there's that quick, swift obedience. But God is planting in your heart right now in this moment. I know it and I believe it. What he wants your heart to carry as you go from here that will bear fruit. So Father, I bless that seed to drop deep into the good soil of each heart in this room.
and bear much fruit. So I bless you to go change the world with the fruit that God grows in you. In Jesus' name. Say hi to somebody before you go. We'll see you back here next week. See you at the tent tonight if you can make it. It's going to be just as good tonight as it was this morning. And uh, um, there's lots of other things going on. Pardon? Yes. And if anybody would like prayer for anything that God's dropped in your heart, don't go before someone's agreed with you. Either find somebody in the crowd. I'm looking around. They're all safe. I validate every one of them. Or you're welcome to come up and one of us will pray with you as well. Don't go before you get prayer if you'd like that. Have a great week. God bless you.